Wikipedia.org is a massive site with over 5,275,000 articles in English alone. Whoa, that's a lot. Many people can tell you the accuracy of this knowledge, but Ben Graw, this is the Ben voice, and Garth Remington, this is the Garth voice, are not even smart enough to determine what is true and what is not. Yeah, they're kind of dumb. If knowledge starts conversation, then they will review Wikipedia pages for their entertainment value and find which pages are boring. That's boring. Leave me alone. You're such a loser. And which are interesting. That's so interesting. Wanna have sex? They're doing one page at a time and they're not stopping till they've done every single one. They're going to do all of them? This is the Wiki Review. It should be legal for me to punch the crap out of her, right? I'd never say that word, especially on a podcast, but I really like that I'm doing a podcast with someone who would. have to get all the episodes of the podcast taken off the internet and probably go around and assassinate every person who listened to an episode ever. Hello and welcome to Wicker Review. I'm Ben Graw. I'm Garth Remington. And listen to me, I'm special. I need my opinions to be heard. Trigger warnings for all those who are traumatized, because this time we're doing the episode for millennials. In the year 2000! In the year 2000! Oh, I think I hurt myself doing that. What song was that? Okay, maybe... Is it the silver chair thing? No, no, this is... No, that's a make it up to you in the year 2000. I'm doing a reference to a Conan O'Brien sketch from the year 1999. It was a very clever sketch. I reckon everyone should check it out. Basically, a singer does that. In the year 2000! Conan O'Brien has the lights turned off and he puts a torch on his face. And then he makes predictions about what's going to happen in the year 2000, being that it's 1999. So it always starts out like something space age is going to happen. But then the punchline is it's exactly the same as normal. Yeah. In the year 2000, Paris Hilton will receive a degree from Harvard. The degree will be in being a rich, spoiled skank. <laughs> For example, I just made that up there. But that's essentially the sketch. It's great. And it's the perfect point of view because whenever you think about the millennial, when you think about 2000, all throughout history, you've ever watched Bugs Bunny, Back to the Future, every future prediction, they pick 2000 saying it's going to be fabulous and amazing. And we live through it. And yeah, no. It's a bit disappointing. It was. The, no flying cars. We were promised flying cars. And yeah. television for some reason but we're okay not to get that because who wants it that's the worst idea ever it would just be a bunch of fart gags you know that there's very rarely anything you want to smell that's going to be good and also the practicality of it is you probably have to plug something in your nose so to watch smell a vision at someone else's house is putting something that someone else put up their nose up your nose well I figured just in the front of the TV you'd have little sense filters you know like those little air fresheners yes you just put little you like, put all these little perfumes in there that mix to make certain smells and then it projects it out. But it'd be like a, a printer cartridge and you know, like, oh shit, we're out of magenta, but like, oh, we're out of orange blossom. And everything would start smelling off because mm. one of them's not projecting right. Like, you know, when the printer ink doesn't quite work properly. So they'd be like, oh, we're in a rose garden. Why does it just smell like fertilizer? <laughs> you got to replenish your rose. Well, the pizza ads make the pizza smell like wood. Yeah, we're just <laughs> missing that canister. It ran out. With a printer, basic one, you only need three colors. It'd be 
be funny if it turns out there's only three cents that they have to mix together to make all cents. You're like, I thought it'd be more complicated than that. You mean you can make raw sewage or rose blossoms from the same canisters? Yeah, essentially. It's all the same. Didn't you know that? It's really simple. <laughs> really puts cologne people to shame. <laughs> and then you have movies like 2001 Space Odyssey that were very optimistic about what would happen in the year 2000. I'm kind of bummed out that we don't have computers taking over everything already. <laughs> they promised us that we'd be so technologically advanced by the year 2000 that we would be at risk of our technology taking us over. And I can't even get my phone to work properly. Yeah, I can't even make my TV like look realistic because the contrast is off. Well, here you go. You got over here in the corner. It says a list of all the generations. It's a part of the series on generations. Yeah. And we have millennials here. Below us, we have Generation X, which is that our parents or our parents' baby boomers? Our parents are baby boomers. We should be clear because we said we're doing millennials and then we just talked about the year 2000 for a bit. And we're talking about the generation millennials, which I'm surprised to find out I'm in. Okay, when I was young, I used to be Generation X, but then they changed the rules for where the line is. Yeah. It used to be, I think, all the way up to 1985 was Generation X. Well, let's have a look here. Mm. Dates and range. Traditionally <clears throat> speaking, generations are in 15-year periods, which is actually kind of weird because, you know, who's breeding at 15? Well, you're pretty much covered in all of these because some even say it's 1977. For millennials. Yeah, some say it's within the 80s. You got 84 there is probably the starting point for one of them. In other words, they got it's all, all these... over the place. I think it's taken as if you were born anytime in the 80s or 90s, you're a millennial. I just assumed when I heard millennial that it's everyone who was born in the first part of the millennium. No, that's Generation Z. Ah, well, that makes sense. That's a whole nother Wikipedia page, or also known as the I generation. The I generation, as in... Apple owns them. Yeah, which is true. (laughs) No arguments there. But yeah, like, Generation X was supposed to be, I guess, 1970 to 1985. That's when I was younger. And then they changed it. When I found out I was Generation Y, I couldn't help but feel a little left out. It's like the rest of Generation X got together and went, hey, can we just get rid of this asshole? Yeah, I don't want to be associated with that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's why it was called Generation Y, because we all sat there and went, why are we in this generation all of a sudden? And it's absolute bullshit too, because what they're basically saying is, if you're born in the 80s or the 90s, you're Generation Y. Generation X was just like a 10-year stretch. Baby boomer about 15 years and then 20 years for Generation Y. If anything, that's just wrong. I'll do anything to get out of Generation Y, but I guess that makes me very atypical Generation Y. Well, you're not Generation Y anymore. You're a millennial. (sighs) Sounds even worse. Yeah, that's the thing. When they first started talking about millennials, I had no idea they were talking about me. Because <laughs> you're sitting there going, yeah, they're just a bunch of idiots. They don't know anything. They can't do anything. You're like, yeah, they saw it. Wait, that's me. Ah, oh, shit. They're like the surfish entitled children. And you're like, aren't these people like 40 now? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, if you were born in 1977, you're 40. Yeah. So and how are they right. still part of that generation? Which is wrong. So basically, yeah, mm-hmm. I was born in the early part of the 80s and I lost my Generation X card. Oh, there we go. We have some people who were between the ages of 10 and 20 when September 11 happened in 2001. So we'd both fall in that age range. You were between 10 and 20. I was right at the very end of it. Let's, I was halfway through. Let's talk about September 11 because that's yeah. always a comedy goldmine. It brings up the idea 
idea of where do the generations cut off because what exactly are you talking about? Because September 11 changed the world in how we view terrorism, but the revolution with computers had already happened, but the revolution with smartphones hadn't happened yet. It all has different dates. It changes with how we viewed people from other cultures changed on September 11, and that was probably a big change for millennials. It's one of those, where were you? Like, where were you when the moon landing happened? That makes you a baby boomer. If your answer was, I was at school and they brought the TV in, you're a baby boomer. Then nothing happened for Generation X. And then, (laughs) skip forward, I was in my last year of high school when September 11th happened and I got woken up by my mum telling me, the world is at war, you're going to be conscripted. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Great. It was early morning. She's like, God, get up. What? What's going on? The world's at war. Very soon, because I'm a January kid, you're going to turn 18 and that's who gets conscripted. The whole world's going to be a one big another world war. The Cold War's finally happened, kids. Uh, You're like, I haven't even had my morning wank yet. Exactly. (laughs) Can I have some Cocoa Pops before you break this news to me? Now I've got to start doing (laughs) push-ups. Yeah, if there's a war and it depends on me doing good, then uh, we've lost. (laughs) Yeah, you are a millennial through and through. (laughs) Whatever it is, they can have. It. <laughs> I'll learn to speak Chinese. I don't care. <laughs> I'm pretty bad at English. It's not going to be that hard a translation. I can eat rice. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I love that. <laughs> I won't like it, but I'll learn to put up with it. Four out of five meals that I eat, I don't particularly care mm-hmm. for anyways. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's going to be a difference? I mean, dumplings, man. Mm. I choose to eat Chinese <laughs> at least three times a week, <laughs> if I have it my way. Probably more readily available, cheaper. So in here, they bring up some of the other names. Like where the new boomers. Generation me. Woo! We're generation me. Because we're so self-obsessed. Which, yeah, we're the generation that's all about us. Because, like, Generation X, they weren't all about... Oh, wait. No, they were, weren't they? They were all about, hey, screw you, I'm awesome. But the but the baby boomers, they weren't... Uh, no, they were too, weren't they? The baby boomers were the stereotypical cut, cookie cutout for people who are all about themselves. You know all those world problems we have right now? Like mineral resources, our slave labor, child labor, abuse of the third world. All of those problems were created specifically and intentionally by baby boomers because they wanted to make a cheap buck and they really didn't care about anyone. Well, the me generation isn't a new nickname. They have been calling kids that since the 60s. It's true. <laughs> In the 60s, they're like, these kids, all they want to do is take drugs and have sex. They're the me generation. They're just obsessed with themselves and every generation since then. (laughs) Might have even gone back to the 50s when, like, teenagers really started to exist. It's like, Mm. these kids don't want to work and plow in the field. (laughs) They just want to listen to music and drive their automobiles. (laughs) Uh -uh. This is the me generation. Every generation is the me generation. Yeah. Since World War I and II, where you couldn't be about you because you were fighting a war. Then it's suddenly, there's no war. Oh, these kids are all about themselves. Shouldn't you be... Oh, wait, you don't have to do any of that, do you? And when the kids didn't want to go fight in Vietnam and started protesting, all the older people went, hey, we were happy to volunteer for our war back in the day. Exactly. We all lined up and signed up. (laughs) No one needed to conscript us. We were willing to fight for our country. (laughs) Now go over to Vietnam for some reason. (laughs) Why are we going again? Shut up. That's not for you to be wondering about. Because it's a war. It's a war. (laughs) Makes you a man. Kill someone with a foreign accent and a funny nickname. I am so glad that we never really had a war I know right in our thing yeah I mean you got sort of wars that are happening all over the place all the time but we've never had a world war or something where they've made me need to get involved for some reason yeah the fact that my life is essentially unaffected by any 
war. Love it. More of that, please. <laughs> when you look through the Afghanistan war, the latest Afghanistan war, because if you've ever read a history book, that place has just been war all the time and no one's really ever beaten Afghanistan. It's just an unwinnable <laughs> place. And why would you want to? It's kind of a shithole. <laughs> you look at the war and how America's fighting and all how Australia, everyone's going over there having a hard time. And all I ever thought was, thank God I'm not involved. This isn't Iraq where we just drop bombs and then rolled into town. <laughs> this is like a real war where people die on yeah. our side. The first Iraq war, do you know how many uh, Americans died? 87. 87. Versus like, what was it, like 100,000 Iraqis died? Yeah, they didn't do well in that war. 87. <laughs> More people die like by bees annually. <laughs> Apparently they reckon that our views on marriage, childbearing and child raising preferences, life, career and ambitions and attitude towards volunteerism and activism are different. It doesn't say what they are. It just says that it's different to our previous generation. So what does everyone think about it? Differently. It's not what the people before them. Once again, this is a generational thing. When you're talking about everybody born in that period, which, you know, some people still think the same as the people before. It depends where you look. In Australia, there is the atypical, stereotypical mm. Australian, but there's so many different facets and cultures and subcultures and then well what about the third world do you reckon there's people in the third world like walking around like you know the, the bush of indonesia like oh this me generation oh those kids they're all about their own palm trees look at him climbing that coconut tree i bet he's gonna have that coconut for himself <laughs> we used to be all about us you know it was all about looking after each other this used to be a community but when we look back at previous generations don't we seem to find that they're all like homophobic racist pedophiles and wife beaters but they're better than us for some reason. <laughs> but at least they got the job done. <laughs> they had a work ethic. If that's the trade-off, like, well, you know, we can all be cool with each other or have a work ethic. Because that's kind of like where they say religious attendance isn't really as good as it used to be. People aren't really that religious. You mean back when priests were diddling kids? Yeah. Like that's when the church was in its heyday? You mean like when the crusades happened and there was a whole religious war? <laughs> <laughs> that is a good point you've made here because you hear like the old people they will bitch about these young kids they're so horrible and selfish and useless oh I don't trust those brown people yeah if someone has that opinion if something racial or sexual or like you know just downright you know bias like that prejudice should we really care about their other opinions I think that's the note to just tune out yeah because I'll say this about this generation fag bashings are down <laughs> <laughs> yes majorly reduced in fact I'd go as far as to say they're not socially acceptable anymore <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, even like gay marriage soon maybe probably yeah well you know we, we all had to say it doesn't mean anything though <laughs> How long does that take? I've been told it's going to be years. And it's one of those, we did a plebiscite, which is fun that we all got to learn a new word. And then everyone got to pretend like they already knew what it meant. Because that meant nothing what we voted on, didn't it? Pretty much. It's like doing a poll. Call in uh, 107.8 and give us your opinion. What do you think? Should fags be allowed to get married? Probably shouldn't say that, but <laughs> that's, <laughs> I, I assume it's one of the more baby boomer. <laughs> well, you got to know your audience. Exactly. And then they'll come back with their poll. It turns out people aren't in favor of gay marriage. I reckon they should do that. Make all... All the ads for the hyper-religious and the homophobic. Just have someone going like, look, man, just let fags get married, man. It's, it's all right. Like, 
Because <laughs> you think about it, the other people, they're not going to vote against it. They're already- it's, Like, you've already got that audience. Exactly. Go for the audience who you know are going to vote against gay marriage. That's how advertising should be. It's not about, like, you know, like, when they sell cars or they sell, uh, not with, like, political parties when they try to put out their policies. Their political policies, all the advertising and everything, they're aiming at the people who aren't traditionally going to buy it. That's why political parties don't ever seem to care about the people who always vote for them. Because why would you? You're going to vote for me. If you're in a union, you're voting Labour. There's no other way around that, so why would they care? You've already got your power. I mean, you're a union. I mean, look at the mafia. That's why it's smart for the Liberals to do this, because they can get maybe the gay vote in the next election, because Labour was very like, yeah, who cares about the gays? They're not voting Liberal. (laughs) We can do anything they want. They're not voting Liberal. Worst case scenario, they vote Green. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And they're kind of already on our side anyways. Yeah. It's like this collaboration. You're exactly right. They should be like, we should let fags get married. (laughs) Because that's who you need to change the minds of. And you know what? Some brown people are all right. I've met a couple. They're the good ones. <laughs> They're one of the good ones. My favorite saying from prejudiced people. But you, you're one of the good ones. <laughs> it's a compliment and an insult. That's the thing. You can't disadvantage them all. There are a couple of good ones, remember? <laughs> hey, someone's got to make curry. <laughs> it just tastes better coming from a Bangladeshi. I'm just saying. I don't know. If Ireland can do it, surely we can do it. Because I, I feel that if we don't make it legal now, we've made a big fuss about it, then we'll just look homophobic everywhere. I've been told that, the, you know, from what polling they've done it's gonna come back yes I don't know how long this is gonna take it might take months it might be next week I don't know it might take years for them to come up with the answer but it's kind of we're putting ourselves out there like so Australia are you homophobic and you know what whatever percentage comes back uh, no that's where we're at in now evolution as a country <laughs> good for you guys yeah, maybe you shouldn't put the vote because we don't want to know I know a guy named Kevo <laughs> and he lives in Logan I don't think decisions should be run past him on a regular basis <laughs> Let alone something like this that has a whole bunch of hate speech involved that he has nothing to do with it. Hey, Kevo, you reckon gay people should be allowed to get married? What? No, let's not ask him. <laughs> See, I've always put it down to I don't really care. If and they want to get married, they can get married. If they don't, they don't. Whatever. Should be up to the gay people. Exactly. I've always put it down. There are two groups that are involved in this. Gay people and marriage celebrants. Mm. Gay people obviously want it. They want equal rights. Marriage celebrants, they want it because, well, <laughs> cha-ching. That's money right there. Don't you want money? Who doesn't like money? <laughs> Why didn't they just start with that as their argument? Hey, it will help the economy a bit more. Yeah, and I mean, if you hate gay people, do you really want them to be able to hoard all that? money don't you want them to waste all their money on an expensive wedding like the rest of us yeah because a gay wedding is not going to be cheap oh no <laughs> lesbian wedding maybe but gay wedding no oh yeah no they're gonna go all out you're giving up hot gobs of gay green <laughs> a gay wedding is like three straight weddings <laughs> it'll be fabulous <laughs> there'll be more than one wedding dress <laughs> They're both earning highly because they're men. And there's all kinds of money they save by, uh, like, sharing a wardrobe. And they don't have kids. They can't accidentally knock each other up. And they don't have to, like, you know, spend all their spare money on a girlfriend. They're hoarding all this money because they've got nothing to spend it on. That's why they have fabulous clothes and go to fabulous places and do fabulous things. Make them spend a couple of bucks on a wedding. I kind of want to go to a gay wedding. Oh, yeah. I think it'd be fun. I reckon it'd be great. (laughs) I'm a straight man, but I reckon I'd be impressed by the accessories Mm. and, like, the decorations. I'd be like, wow, this is quite amazing. (laughs) Well, I've realized, like, because I've been in a relationship for quite a while to the point that I'm married. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's as far as you can take a relationship, <laughs> by the way. There's still the death to you part part. This is the last phase. This is mm. the until the end. Mm. You, there's nothing more you have to do. On the home stretch now. Yes. There's a nice plateau all the way out. <laughs> yeah, but because of that, even the idea of being like a, a straight bar or a gay bar makes no difference to me these days. Well, so gay wedding, straight wedding, it's like, I'm not picking up at any of these places anyway. Are there nice chairs and are the drinks reasonably priced? Yeah. That's all I care about. <laughs> 
<laughs> Everyone That's else true. there is just someone to talk to. When I was 18, yeah, I used to go to a club, I'd walk around, grab a drink, walk around, try and mingle, try and meet people. Now I walk in and go, yeah, are these drinks reasonably priced and where can I sit? Exactly. The only two things I'm interested in. <laughs> oh, this is right under the aircon and it's cushioned. That's nice. Close to the bar. Drinks reasonably priced. And I mean, if you had to choose between the fruitiest gay bar, like it's mm. all pink, there's possibly gay porn somewhere playing and yeah, there's a whole bunch of like the really like mm. out there flaming guys all over the place. You're getting hit on a little bit and there's a lot of leather and skin out. Or going to like a redneck bar <laughs> where there's sawdust on the floor. You walk in and there's always at least two guys fighting and there's not a lot of teeth. You have more teeth than the rest of the bar. Well, there are a few teeth, but they're all on the floor. Yes. <laughs> they're lost in the sawdust. That's why you hear a crunch as you walk. If you had to choose between those two, which one would you take? I'm pretty cool with the gay bar. At least it's accessorized nicely. And they'll do a cocktail. Plus a gay bar is the only place I have where someone might buy me a drink. <laughs> the only possibility. And plus, if you're going to hang out with your mates, if your wife's suspicious, what, you went out drinking? No, no, no. I went to a gay bar. <laughs> I think I'd be safe there. <laughs> Most guys, maybe the girl might become, well, are you gay? What do you think? No, no. I see you staring at tits all day. <laughs> I know we're safe here. Do you swear you went to a gay bar? I swear I was surrounded by guys. I was constantly getting my ass grabbed. Some, one guy even like went so far as to like try and grab my cock. I swear to God, as long as that's the truth, I'm okay. Wait, what? <laughs> The only person in a dress there was a guy. <laughs> Swear to God. And you could see the bulge through the dress. But don't tell her that. <laughs> <laughs> she is a handsome woman. Uh, millennials do tend to be less homophobic. Like, they tend to be more accepting of different cultures. That seems to be a very big stereotype. The taboo's passed. I mean, through the 80s, gay people were right at the forefront of, well, mockery in the media. For or against, there was a lot. It's played out now. We don't care. Yeah, we get that they're different. But, you know, what? So is everyone else. You know who I have a problem with in their lifestyle? Baby boomers. <laughs> How can they live like that? With your big car guzzling the fuel, destroying the earth. Well, no, but those I saw them kissing. <laughs> Get your priorities straight. Because we even moved on past the next level of gay rights issues. We've gone on to transgender issues now. Yes. Like, that's how deep we are. Before they were dealing with homophobia, we're like, we're on level two of that. We're in <laughs> transgender now. We are so far past you. You're like beyond the horizon yeah. behind us. I think a penis doesn't make you a man <laughs> that's where we're at right now that's true what is a gender i'm a bit confused about the transgender issues basically any stereotypes of male and female are out the window yes if you like dressing in a dress you can still be classified as a man absolutely if you like shopping if you like doing all girly things you can still be classified as a man your actions do not make you male or female so how can you say that you feel like that you identify as a man or a woman without just saying a bunch of stereotypes mm. like i identify as a woman because i like shopping and wearing dresses it's like that doesn't make you a woman men can do that too well it's not about what they do in the words of shania twain man i feel like a woman mm. bow, bow, na, na, na. and this is how i put it because there's two groups of transgenders as far as i can see it there's people who actually are physically in between they either have both or neither genitalia mm. the hermaphrodite kind of gray zone which that's what i think transgender is really about that's why i'm very sympathetic towards the whole issue is that there are people out there that live in shame that like you know 
completely shunned by society. At birth, some doctor had to flip a coin and tick a box. And there's no box for this kid. And that's not nice having to live like that. And that's why they say, oh, since transgender came up, turns out there's a spike in transgender people because all these people who were ashamed and had to keep quiet about it suddenly coming out and going, oh, I can be accepted. That's okay. Then you got the other side. These people are just, you know what? I'm a woman now. Okay. Why? Because I feel like it. So that's how we're doing gender now. I feel like it. That's okay. pretty much it. I'm okay with that because it makes it more okay for those other people who are in that gray zone. Mm. Caitlyn Jenner, that handsome woman, <laughs> she made transgender a fashion statement, a fashionable thing. And I'm all okay with that because of what it does. It's the same as uh, plastic surgery. Everyone goes, oh, how could they got a nose job? Oh, they got breast implants. How disgusting. But there are people out there who've had their faces ripped off or something that need plastic surgery to reconstruct their face. That job would have been done so crap if it wasn't for the billions of dollars invested in people getting nose jobs. The vanity culture has really helped out these people completely by yeah. accident. But even though that's not a good thing, it's a good thing for these other people. Yeah. I still think the only way how I identify as a man is that I have a penis. It's, that's it. Yeah, I stand up to pee and I, I, you play the cards you dealt kind of thing. If I felt exactly the same, but I had all the woman bits and I was in a woman body, I would probably identify as a woman. It wouldn't take much to convince me. I'd be like, no penis. All right, I'm a woman. All right. Rolling with it. I don't have periods and I stand up to pee. I'm a man. That's, that's it. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Because I don't do anything else manly apart from that. Yeah, no, we, neither of us really do. <laughs> I've never killed a foreigner. I've never hit a woman. I've never gotten blackout drunk at work. So I'm really not a man by my parents' generation standards. Mm. I don't wear a suit and tie. But with the issues with the toilets of like, what toilets do they use? I'm just like, ah, oh, just screw it. Make all toilets unisex. Who gives a shit? I don't even know why we segregated them to begin with. Because you got stalls anyway. Wouldn't it just be great if it was all stalls? I often think about that. The, the girls' bathroom, there's so many stalls. Like, yeah, we have to deal with the trough. Or the urinal. I have a specific problem with urinals. Because mm. that's half a toilet. The trough, as many guys can pee there as you can fit wangs in. I'm sure you've been at a full trough where if you can stand in a gap between two guys, you can pee. <laughs> you can fit like 20, 30. Get creative. If you've got a bit of projection on it you can go over the shoulder jump shot (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) just get a leg up you'll be right but the urinal that's a one use thing try and share a urinal with someone it doesn't work out too well hey buddy you want to just move over a little bit (laughs) want to cross streams (laughs) it's not cool but the urinal it takes up just as much space as a toilet but you can't take a crap in it so really why do we even have urinals just make it a toilet give me some privacy let me sit down to take a crap you can't take a crap in a urinal it doesn't flush properly (laughs) so yeah I have a particular problem with urinals trough I understand men are disgusting and we can do that. I'm cool with that. It's very convenient. Yeah, let's make it all unisex. Imagine instead of having two separate bathrooms, that space becomes one big space. Imagine how many toilets you could fit in there. It'd be, I reckon, a third more because you'd only need the one sink area. You could turn that all into into toilets. Everyone could have their own stall. Yeah, all right, let's do this. I'm for transgender because I want more (laughs) stalls in my bathroom. I think transgender calls the bluff because someone's like a man but then goes, I'm a woman and want to be treated as a woman. It's like, but technically shouldn't we be treating everybody equally? <laughs> so which means that even if you're transgender, you should be treated exactly the same because we should be treating men and women equally. You've pointed out perfectly where the millennials are. This is where we're at. Well, shouldn't we all be equal? To reference South Park about the flag when it's like a flag of a black guy being hung by a bunch of white guys and the kids go, murder's okay. They're like, no, it's about race. Oh, but well, we didn't see it like that. What do you mean you didn't see it like that? Uh, that's a black man up there. But the color of someone's skin shouldn't matter. Totally missed the point. You make this argument to a baby boomer, hmm. they're somewhere else with something else. Yeah. <laughs> they can't, yeah, like you said, we're two steps ahead right now. Well, they're all about heritage and tradition. I saw this on here where it's a, this guy, what's his name? Strauss and Howe. They describe millennials.
millennials as special, sheltered, confident, team oriented, <laughs> uh, sorry, <laughs> conventional, pressured, and achieving. I don't know if I agree with all of those. Conventional? Isn't that the opposite? Sheltered? Yeah, okay. Spe- how is special and conventional in the same list? And would you really say we're team oriented? I guess some of us are. I think it's like every generation. Some people are good team players, some people aren't. Well, maybe most people in the older generation just wanted to knuckle down and do their work, but now we all want to work as part of a group. Yeah. We all work together. Okay, you go back to Mad Men days when it's all guys in the office and they're all drunk all the time. They hang out all day at work, drinking whatever. Then when work ends, they go out and drink together and they party mm. on the weekends together. I don't hang out with anyone from work ever. There's never been a job where I'm like at the end of the day like, all right, guys, what do you guys want to do now? Yeah. Like, no, I'm finished my work. I'm getting the hell away from all of you. I'm not playing this. Oh, yeah, we rarely hang out outside of work. Yeah, I know. <laughs> There's a reason. <laughs> That's intentional. You're like, look, I only talk to you for like a little bit every week. <laughs> we record it, then don't speak to me. Our listeners don't really get to see what happens before the recording goes on. I don't even say hi. No, he just walks in. He's on his phone the entire time, just texting people. And then as soon as I hit record, that's when he just like comes into action. Yeah, I'm completely silent. Sometimes he might ask me something or I might <laughs> ask him something just like, hey, you need to move because I'm trying to do something. We just ignore each other. <laughs> I can't work with this. But the second I hear hello and welcome to Wiki Review, bang, I'm into it. Because I'm a professional, damn it. And we pretend to be friends for an hour and a half. Which is all we can stomach for about a fortnight. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, so team oriented. Absolutely. <laughs> when the recording's on, we are very team oriented. And then we're something else when it ends. Sheltered. Do you think you're sheltered? I think a lot of people like to put the Gen Y down or millennials down as sheltered. But it's like it's just because we didn't have a war. But I'll put yeah, I'll put it to you that sheltered from what? I mean, every generation before us had a war that they had to go and fight. They weren't sheltered from it. They were told straight up, you need to go and die for your country. Whereas we don't have to go die for anything. So what are we being sheltered from? It's not that people are protecting us. It's that there's nothing to protect us from. We're, we're fine. But you have got that batch of millennials that loves saying that they've been traumatized. Oh, yes. The, I was abused as a kid because my parents didn't let me play Xbox all day. Yeah. They made me wear headphones while I was playing my video games. <laughs> but I'll put it to you. That was started by baby boomers. The whole seeing a therapist. Turns out it's because my mother didn't love me or something. We didn't invent that. Wasn't we, that Freud? Yeah, but it wasn't made popular until after World War II. He did start that. Everything's your mother's fault apparently <laughs> which is great that i thought i was a screw up turns out it's my mom who screwed up she can't raise me right really <laughs> you see i was pretty sure she did a good job but i'm just a lazy incompetent <laughs> asshole hey what do you know that's her fault all right i can live with this i can do this <laughs> yeah good one dad <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know, take some responsibility for yourself. <laughs> I think that's what it comes down to. And I, I did hear this once, that the whole therapy culture, it's about making people be okay with the pieces of shit they are. That's all it is. It's, I did this terrible thing and now I'm filled with guilt. And they go to a place where they talk it out and they walk out like, okay, it's all right, I did this terrible thing. No, you should feel guilty. You did something horrible. Walk around with that shame. Might make you a better human being. Because then if you don't feel ashamed of it, you're going to go do it again. It doesn't matter. Because you just go to this place where this guy just tells you it's your mother's fault and off you go again. Have you heard of things with trigger warnings? What's a trigger warning? A trigger warning is where it gives you a warning that people might be traumatized. Like if you have a scene where somebody drowns, they're like trigger warning for anyone who's had any bad experiences with water. That's a real thing. That's a real thing. They give you mean a trigger like, warning. Because if you drowned as a kid and you had to be resuscitated, then you might watch a movie that has somebody drowning, drowning and that might bring back that memory and cause yep. you trauma. So it's only polite that they give you a 
trigger warning so you don't have to relive that memory. See, the closest I've come to that is, you know, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Island people, there's pictures of someone who may be dead in this, so mm. discretion's advised, which I get that that's a religious <laughs> cultural thing, but I've never seen this trigger warning thing. But I don't think that works because everything could be a trigger. Trigger warning, there's balloons in this if you're a globophobe. <laughs> you know, trigger warning, there's a scary clown. Trigger warning, there's cars. Everything and anything could be a trigger. Well, I remember when I was younger, some guy stole money off me and threatened to bash me. Okay. Long story short, he got away with my money. Okay. And then that was kind of a bad experience for me at the time. And probably about a month or so later, I was watching an episode of something and somebody got mugged in that episode. And I did have that going back to that moment and reliving that. And there was that like a little while afterwards, anytime I'd see a scene where someone got mugged, yeah. that would sort of happen. Yeah. But over time, it sort of disperses. I mean, like now I can watch it and I don't even think of that. <laughs> but by putting a trigger in, a trigger yeah. warning, it's just amplifying, oh, you should feel shitty right now. And if you've watched any show recently, Game of Thrones, they should just say, hey, if you've got a problem with incest, if you've got a problem with violent sex scenes, look at TV today. That's all it is, is like, because all the taboos, like, I think this is once again comebacks to millennials. You can't have a gay scene as a taboo thing where people get shocked. They really have to go for the gusto now. Yeah. <laughs> you want to shock people? Racism's played out. We're also used, to, we're deadened by like racial commentary. We're deadened by homophobic commentary. We've got to go for incest. We've got to go for violent, horrible rape scenes. We've got to do... So someone needs to pee in someone's mouth. That's where we're at now. Do you reckon that will happen in a couple of generations' time where kids are looking at us going like, oh, you guys, you wouldn't let brothers and sisters fuck. What's wrong with you? <laughs> like, hey, you just caught up with the baby boomers logic. Yeah, is that just eventually gonna... Well, they've, they've legalised gay marriage. Well, what's next? Cats and dogs are gonna get married? Hey, a couple of generations' time. Who knows? <laughs> I, get, I just go, I don't care. Uh, anyone can marry anyone. My rule is if it's two consenting adults, don't give a shit. Well, I'm of the belief, and I'm pretty sure this is law, that if two consenting adults want to get into a physical fight, that's legal. It goes back to the age-old thing of duels. It's a gentleman's agreement, or a man and a woman can fight. Look where we are, hey, progressive. If a woman wants to fight me in a physical confrontation, then yeah, I, it should be legal for me to punch the crap out of her, right? <laughs> <laughs> I've said that in a horrible way, but you know what I mean. So long as it's consensual, yes. Yes, as long as they're like two consenting adults can do whatever they want to each other, as long as they consent. That's what consent mm. means. See, actually, I didn't even go even further with the marriage thing of saying, I don't even care about the whole bigamy thing. It doesn't even have to be two. If it can just be consenting adults, agree to something, if whatever. If they're okay with it, it's none of my business. If you have the energy for five wives, good luck. If you can afford it, like, <laughs> more power to you. Or five husbands. Yeah. Huh? Huh? Progressive. Progressive. <laughs> You can have five whatever you want. Yeah, as long as they're consenting. Five consenting anythings. But six is where I draw the line, all right? And I will not live in a heathen society. We're not savages. Give it a couple of generations. We'll go up by twos and yeah. generationals. Oh, there is the greater question with marriage in general of why the fuck is it the government's business anyway? Exactly. It's just like, just keep your nose out of it. Yeah, the great quote of, man, what we have going on here, baby, it's so good. I love you so much. We need to get the government involved in this. Because <laughs> it's sort of turning out that segregation doesn't work. In any form that it's been instituted, even with the toilets, they're trying to get rid of it then. It's like, if you try and say men can do this and women can, or any one group can do this and another group can't do this, it'll eventually be toppled. Doesn't matter how small it is, it'll be toppled. No group is allowed to have their own thing anymore. There's so many subcultures that cross over and vary. Now everyone's in everyone's business. And that's just, I mean, it's like Facebook. I mean, you will voluntarily go on there and put pictures up of everything you're doing. That's your business. Why are you showing everyone else? Clearly you're okay with everyone going into everything. That's why I joined the Girl Scouts. 
Scouts. <laughs> I didn't do that. I saw it in a Brady Bunch episode. They're saying more millennials go to college or university. Well, yeah, that's because there's more of an option for it, I guess. But neither of us. Did. Wait, did you go to uni? Yeah. Uh, did you? Yeah. I know it doesn't seem that way. <laughs> I know. Really? That... You're educated? I know, right? <laughs> Shocked me as much as anyone. <laughs> I know I've never given you a slice of proof of this. <laughs> but yeah, no, I went to uni. I did so that. You, was that your accounting? Uh, yeah, yeah, I did a business degree. Oh, get this. This will make you laugh. I did a Bachelor of Electronic Commerce majoring in accounting. So I learned about computers at uni. <laughs> now, you What know year how... did you learn about computers, though? Uh, 2001. <laughs> it it's all obsolete now. Yeah, which is the first thing they tell you. If anyone who's studied IT at uni, the first thing they tell you is, okay, by the end of this degree, everything we teach you will be irrelevant. It's a complete waste of time. Going back to that, Australia, did you know that the baby boomers got free university? You could go to uni for free, not even hex. Oh, really? Where you have to pay it back. I work with the guy, he's a bit older, and he was like, yeah, I got it for free. You just go. That's awesome. I wish I had it for free. In fact, he had to pay for his student union fees, mm. and he protested that. <laughs> like, how dare you expect me to pay money to represent me? That's $8 a month. That's right. <laughs> Which is like, you know, 60 bucks now. <laughs> but yeah, free uni. And now they're sort of phasing that out. So I think Gen Z's going to have a little bit of an issue getting educated. <laughs> but you know what? I'm cool with younger people being dumber than us. It might be the only thing we have. I don't need another physicist in my face who's like 20 years old going, did you know? No, I don't know. Someone's got to be the bus boy. Someone's got to clean the toilets. <laughs> Unisex toilets. Can't all learn about astrophysics. They say on here with people between 18 and 32 favor the legalization of marijuana. That statistic has <laughs> been the same since the 60s. Yeah, it's that specific age bracket. It's the age bracket, not the generation. There's generations, but then there's also just what atypically um, young people do and what old people do. How many times have we said it? Movies were so much better back in my day. Mm. Music was real. And you know what? Women didn't dress so skankily. They dressed properly like ladies. Where have I heard that before? Oh, every old person ever. Well, that's like when you hear old people go like, oh, you see these young girls with these shorts where you can see the bottom of their asses and it's too revealing. They shouldn't be doing that. It's like, aren't you the generation that brought in mini skirts? Can you imagine how much it would have blown somebody's mind from the previous generation? <laughs> They've got to go somewhere. You go back four or five generations, a woman showed her ankles and it's just, that's where they started. And every generation just went up slightly. I reckon girls are just going to walk around with stickers on by the time we get old. <laughs> just it, covering up the bits. The generation after we go, it'll just be nude. Men will probably still be fully clothed because we're disgusting. Turns out no one had a problem with female nudity. It was only male nudity they really wanted to stop. To take it on a different skew, I'm in favour of women getting skankier, not for the reason that's obvious. Because women get stuff done for them because they put sex out there. Like, you know, that's an option for a woman. Like, hey, I might have sex with you. Guys act like idiots for the possibility of sex. And that's why girls do skank it up a bit more. And that, hey, I'm more likely to give you sex. Oh, then I'll give you everything. Once we get to the point where they're just nude all the time, well, who's more skanky than the other? Then they have to rely on their intelligence and wits like everybody else. So all the girls who will study hard, dress appropriately, ladylike, they should be really in favour of girls skanking it up as hard as possible so that they can all finally be on an even playing field. If anything, once they go completely naked, it might come back the other way. Like, ooh, <laughs> she's covered up. Ooh, what the, what a mystery. I can't even see her ankles. Ooh, oh, mate, third date. Might be seeing a bit of calf. Ah, uh, she's losing so much to the imagination. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha!
What else do they say about us millennials? I love this. We're reading it like, what do they say about us? It's a complete generalization of an age group, but they're talking about us, so we have to take it personally because we are the me generation, apparently. We have workplace attitudes, which we're both calling in sick right now to record this podcast. Yeah, as usual. (laughs) To be honest, I didn't even call in. I just didn't show up. I'll tell them tomorrow I was sick. Yeah, I'm a millennial. Deal with it. If they have a real problem with me not being there, taking a personal day, (laughs) because they're not sick days anymore, they're personal days. If they have a problem with that, I'm sure they'll call me. If they need something, which they never need anything from me. I'm kind of useless there. Honestly, I've had phone calls from like days I've had off where they're like, hey, we had this thing come up. I've never been helpful. They've never called me up and asked anything which was useful. Why I'm team orientated. I like a nice steady team that can carry me. (laughs) That's why we're on teams because someone is bound to know something and the rest of us can play on our phones. When it comes to work, baby boomers tend to really love Generation Y or the millennials because of the Gen X people. Baby boomers, they started off, they worked for people who were in like World War II in Korea. They had hard bosses. They got in charge and they're like, all right, we're in charge now. And we had to take so much crap. And who did they get to work for them? Gen X, the biggest middle finger you could possibly get of a generation. And they're like, oh, okay, can you guys do this? Piss off, old man. I'm not your slave. (laughs) And then along comes Gen Y after them. And we don't do that. We just don't care. It's like, hey, are you working? Huh? What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess I'm working. (laughs) Oh, well, keep it up. Oh, I like these kids. (laughs) Because baby boomers don't know how to use computers. They're getting a little better now. But when we first came out of school, it was this newfangled technology that the baby boomers were like, all right, we need computers to make our businesses work. We have no idea how they work, but we've told all these young kids that that's what they're going to do for us. And so they sort of went, hey, can you do the computer thing? Yeah, sure. I guess. We'll just figure it out as we go. I don't know how to use a computer, but I can do it better than them. The whole time they're like, are you working? Yeah, sure. They don't know. There's no way for them to be able to check. We were completely unchecked our entire work career. I remember seeing that people basically know how to do four things on a computer. They know how to do word processing, social media and email, how to search for something on Google, and then how to download a file. And that's it. Most people don't know anything beyond those four things. That is essentially the rock bottom of what you need to use a computer. That's your base level of society Mm -hmm. right now to be able to function as a human. Because I've even had people who are older talk to me about like, how do you make the podcast? And that is way too complex (laughs) above what they can (laughs) grasp. And a podcast is probably one of the more simple things to produce. We just record it and then somehow Ben waves a magic wand and it becomes on the internet. Yeah, pretty much it. I still don't know. (laughs) I get asked all day at work about how to do stuff on a computer. And it's like really simple stuff. And my favorite thing that they always ask, okay, so click on that. A left click or right click? (laughs) That's the level. If someone asks you left click or right click, they don't know anything. And you try to explain what a right click and a left click does and they don't get it. They're the same people who sign their SMS messages. Yes! (laughs) Sincerely. (laughs) Yeah, sincerely, John. We know it's you. Your name came up at the front. Or leave you those voicemail messages on your mobile where they're like, hey, it's John. I just called you. Uh, Give us a call back when you get this. And you're like, I can see on my phone that I have a missed call from you. That's what I was going to (laughs) do. I don't need to leave a voicemail. You've just repeated the same knowledge to me. Because voicemails are pretty much useless unless you want to leave something specific. And even then, just send a message. And most of the time, people go like, I got a voicemail from this person. I'll just call them back. And see what they want. I'm not going to listen to that. No one listens to their voicemail. I don't think I have voicemail. I might. I've never checked it. I think on my phone, it says there's like one there or something. I'm not going to check it. And I don't care. First off, I don't really know how to check it. Mm. No one's told me. Even then, 
like, it might just be one of those click hang up things, mm. or it's probably a telemarketer or something. So I'm going to check <laughs> that. If something was important, they would have messaged me or called back. Well, you probably called them back as soon as you saw that you yeah, had a missed call. Cool. I just skipped over that and like, we'll see what they want. <laughs> <laughs> Trophy kids. Oh God. Well, that's neither of us. Oh no, that's the thing with, did you in school ever get a, I participated ribbon? Oh, this is something di- I thought it was like, yeah, the kid was the trophy. No, this is that everyone wins a prize generation. Well, yeah, we all win. Everyone's yeah. a winner. Everyone's a winner. They do soccer games where they don't keep track of the score. Yeah. If you play musical chairs with six kids and seven chairs. Yeah. <laughs> everybody wins. You're all special. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, they started trawling out that whole, I participated. And you could get at the end of a race, you'd get either a first, second or third. And everyone else got the, I participated in this race thing. But no one ever wore that with pride. Yeah. Well, it's just like, Hey, I didn't win. When you get an, I participated in the race trophy ribbon, whatever. No one looks at it and goes, yay, look, I got a trophy. They're just like, Oh, I got the shitty participated one. It's proof that you're a loser. Before I could just pretend I wasn't in the race. Now you've given me a physical bit of evidence that people go, Oh, you were in that race. How'd you do? Well, I wasn't in the race. It's got your name on it right there. The only kids who I remember wearing those are the ones who wore it ironically. Yes. I have a memory of a kid who had some of them and collected them from other kids as well. And he had his whole shirt (laughs) was covered in I participated ribbons and not one winner. Uh, Irony. We got very good at that. (laughs) But nobody ever takes the I participated thing seriously at all. Yeah. Unless they're a little special and that's a different race. And I remembered playing one of those games I think it was a football where the teacher said we're not keeping score the kids kept score exactly you know you can't stop kids from keeping score and they knew who was the winner and who was the loser and usually with games like that at that age one team wins Mm. and it's not about the score it's just that they keep scoring and the other team doesn't stand a chance very rarely at that age is anything evenly matched either one team kills or the other team kills it's never in between so you know who won because they always had the ball and we're always in our half. If anything, you're just helping kids be stupid if they don't realize. But kids will lose and feel bad, but they will get over it. That's the cycle of losing. Even to this day, if I'm versing you in something, I lose, I'll feel bad for a little while, and then I'll move on like an adult. Exactly. That's part of life. It's just part of life. I mean, of course you feel bad straight away. Losing is that's that's the whole point. That's what you gamble on. Why else are we trying to win? That defeats the whole purpose. The other reason I want to win is because I want you to feel Mm. bad. I mean, we've played foosball. I never win. God, the day I beat you. Oh, that's going to suck. Yeah, I'm going to work that as long as I can. <laughs> I know that this may never happen too, because it's your table. You've got the home ground advantage. I hardly ever play it. All my excuses are put out there. <laughs> but ultimately, I always walk away feeling a little bad. But then you've also got the idea that you've really got nothing to lose at this point. So whereas I've got like a lot to lose. If I lose, that's epic. If mm. you lose, it's like, well, so- of course you won. It's your table. Yeah, so what? You should be winning every single time. So far, that's right it just takes one day you're not feeling too good something Mm. happens I don't know and then that's the end of it really you're the only one putting anything up on the table as a risk do you reckon we could enter this podcast in an award show and not win but go get an I participated on the internet trophy You know, you can just get trophies made, right? Yeah, I participated on the internet. (laughs) I participated in a competition. I don't know of any podcast competitions off the top of my head, which makes me think that we would never get famous by winning one. Well, it's kind of the same as YouTube in that the competition is the podcast. Well, Mm -hmm. how many downloads you got? How many followers do you have? That's the award. Are you popular? No. Then here's your participation award. Do you have the most followers? Then you're the winner. You don't need a trophy. You have the most followers. I say that, but then like TV shows and movies get awards and Mm -hmm. they can tell 
who made the most money or who had the most views. On the internet, it's easier to see who has the most views. Oh my god, we should start the award ceremony. That way we're sure to win. Yeah, the Wiki Review Awards. And All the winner pa- is Wiki Review to everything. Which, they don't know that yet. I'll edit that out. We'll edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> Starting right here, if you're a podcaster, let us know and put your podcast forward and we'll see if it wins a prize. We'll come up with some categories based on our entries and we might win because we'll be involved in it. <laughs> it might be a little suspicious when we win the uh, the Feminist Lesbian Rant Podcast Award. Who wants to be our jabronis? <laughs> <laughs> come on. You'll get a participation trophy guaranteed. <laughs> We're not actually going to get my trophy though, are we? Oh, like an E1. Okay. It'll be like Good, a JPEG. It's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> but you can keep that JPEG in a file anywhere you like. We won't even get Ali to do it. It'll just be a drawing we've done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just going to you know, Google trophy. <laughs> Cut, paste, send. Not even that. Just send them a link to the picture you found. <laughs> Here's a link if you want to see what a trophy looks like, because I clearly know you've never seen a trophy before. Uh, So yeah, yeah, just let us know about your podcast and we'll put it in the competition. Feel free to get a participation award from Wiki Review. (laughs) (laughs) And we're totally not the me generation. Maybe me is just short for millennial. Well, that would be M-I, not M-E. Yeah, but it would take it from... Oh, but then that's... We do text spelling because we don't spell things properly. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's an abbreviation. It's generation millennial. It's an abbreviation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, political views. This is always confusing because liberal everywhere else in the world means something different than it means here. Liberal here means conservative everywhere and labor means liberal. Before when we were talking for any international things going like, gay people don't vote for liberals in Australia? What's with that? As far as... Uh, Generation millennials Political views Let me sum it up None We don't care Well no it says on here That we're more likely to be More liberal than conservative Interesting So we'd be more likely To vote for Labour here It's getting confusing I'll just say liberal and conservative You know what I mean I know what you mean And then Labour so, doesn't even count As liberal really Well it kind of does But it kind of uh, Forget Australia If you're left or right wing Is essentially what we're talking about here It does seem that More millennials are left wing Than right wing I don't know any Right wing millennials But that might be an age thing Because I've heard that before Like Everyone votes liberal till they have a job and some money. Once you have a business, your views change completely. Once you have kids, your views change completely. So if we could stop everyone from trying to like, you know, succeed and breed, then yeah, it'll be all liberal. Anyone can do anything wherever they want, as long as you don't breed and don't succeed. Maybe I should run for parliament. That's a really cool sounding slogan. Don't breed and don't succeed. Vote for me. basically breaks down the liberal views of millennials down to two issues. Same-sex marriage, legalization of drugs. <laughs> That's how they're liberal. They don't really know anything else about liberalism apart from they're okay with gay marriage and drugs illegal. And brown people don't need to leave the country. Because what else do we know? When you vote conservative, that's generally because you have an economic viewpoint, whereas these are uh, humanitarian issues, which, why can't we have both? Why do you have to choose between, well, you can vote for these people who will let you be the people you want to be, or you can vote for these people who won't crash our economy and send you into a depression. It feels like there should be two governments. One who looks after what people should, can and can't do, like looking after same-sex marriage and what drugs should be. And the other one who actually looks after the economy and makes sure that, you know, the business of the country runs okay. That should be two things. I reckon that, yeah, you should have a section of the government that's in charge of things like what drugs people are allowed to take and gay marriage and all of that. And that person should just do nothing. (laughs) Just sit there and do nothing. Nothing. (laughs) And just let everyone just do what they want. Everyone do 
know what you want. And just every now and again, come out and make a speech like, is everyone still doing what they want? Any complaints? Can I murder people? No. Can I take drugs? Sure. See, I, I reckon if heroin were made legal today, there wouldn't be that many more people on heroin than there yeah. are now. And the ones would be taking a better product. That's less likely to clog up the hospitals. It would probably improve the side effects of heroin use. And plus, let's not forget the taxes on the sale of heroin. The economy could use a boost. <laughs> but you're right. I'm not going to take heroin. If someone offered me heroin, I don't care what country, what state. I don't care what the law is. I'm not doing heroin. I don't have anything against people who take heroin. I don't know the demographic of our listeners. Maybe it's all heroin junkies. I don't know. I don't want to offend them. Yeah, shoot up and listen to a podcast. Yeah, it sounds way better, I'm sure. They zonked out like 20 minutes ago, yeah. dude. You're fine. <laughs> they just download it and move on. Once again, what a millennial statement to make. I don't want to upset anyone who's a junkie. We don't want to We're look down. We're accepting of junkies. That's, that's your life choice. That's a life choice. And who are we to say that that's wrong? You made a choice. We made a choice. We don't want you to look down on us for not being junkies. Because the law doesn't seem to stop them from getting heroin, but it stops you and I from getting heroin who don't even want to get heroin. Yeah. So what the hell is the point of this law that's only stopping the people who don't want to take it anyway? You mean like the law that prevents same-sex marriage? Yeah. Oh, he shoots, he scores political. I never thought of it that way. If they pass that, then I could marry a dude. Yeah, absolutely you could. Well, I'm already married, so I don't know how that works. Yeah, you need the bigamy thing as well. Hey, you could have a husband and a wife. <laughs> I could. You know what? I reckon your wife would be way more in favor of you having a husband than a second wife. <laughs> she Probably. Be... It probably wouldn't work out like you'd imagine. <laughs> like, you wouldn't necessarily be the meat in the sandwich. You'd be like, oh, this is nice. And then they'd just sort of like, you know, she'd just be like, all right, now I've got two guys to clean up. <laughs> uh, he would have to be a more handyman than me. <laughs> I'll take care of the more, you know, like the collages yeah. and, you know, the, the artistic side of, of life. And if we had someone who was more, you know, buckled down, you need a conservative husband is what you're saying. <laughs> I don't know. If he mowed the lawn and built stuff, I might be all right with it. You mean all the stuff that I'm supposed to do but and get nagged at for not doing and I'm not going to do, he'll do that? Yeah, I'll, I'll take a pain in the ass <laughs> Gets me. And this is where I think everything comes undone when it comes to same-sex marriage and that. And why we shouldn't be involved in any of these discussions is I'm just looking to figure out how can this benefit me? I'm not gay, but if the law is there, why can't I use it for my self-benefit? See, I look at it as I plan to marry the same amount of men whether they pass this law or not. Yeah, it, it's not going to change. <laughs> I've already married all the men I want to marry. <laughs> <laughs> well, Which is zero. <laughs> there might be some out there that you just know you couldn't marry even if you wanted to. <laughs> but, you know, there's still the possibilities that are not possibilities to you but that's besides the point i don't mean to put you down <laughs> that's your life choice political correctness this is a up. comedian's best friend oh yeah because there's nothing better than making a joke more socially responsible two jews walking about hey hey don't be racist two guys walk into a bar hey don't be misogynistic two entities walk into a bar why does it have to be a bar you know some people are alcoholics and uh, two entities walk into another entity you know what i'm gonna be a lawyer <laughs> i don't want i don't want to be a comedian anymore this sucks but we really really grew up in the era of just political correctness gone awry. In fact, we're in the second phase of it. It came into fashion, then everyone got kind of tired of it, mm. went out of fashion. Now it's roaring back. I'm a little jaded towards it. It's yeah. like, oh, that again. You young kids and your political correctness. I remember back in my day, we had political correctness. Yeah, you'll get over it. What's it take? Like eight years? Then it goes. I do love when somebody says a joke that is horribly politically incorrect, though. <laughs> so long as it doesn't offend niggas. <laughs> I said so long as it doesn't affect. <laughs> <laughs> 
I know that's the second time you've said that word on this podcast. <laughs> Probably uh, not the last. Yeah, I've never said it. I'm keeping. I'm saving that. I know I'm saving it for my wedding day. I don't know what it's for. Um, but it is probably one of the most offensive words. I'm trying to think if there's one more offensive. Oh well, there's there's yeah, cunt. The the the, the, con, the con content. Uh, the context. Con, con, yeah, connotation ah. of the N word. It's long. It's hard. But it's also the mo- we've heard that word so much, and there are people who are allowed to say it, and it's okay. It may be a horrible word, but I'm sure you have stacks of albums. Which, every second word, that's it. <laughs> Dr. Dre's said it so many times, though. Yeah, but he's allowed to. That's cool. And that's why you listen to it, because it's okay. I uh, think context is everything. I hate being told that I can't say a particular word, but I can understand why I wouldn't say it in a particular context. Like, there are definitely certain senses where I wouldn't use that word, but if I'm just going for, like, some shock value, e.g., like mm. what I said before, it's actually a perfect mm. word. I'd never say that word, especially on a podcast, but I really like that I'm doing a podcast with someone who would. <laughs> that really helps. Well, I hate when people say the N-word. It's like, I know what word you're talking about. You just made me say the word in my head. <laughs> you just made me say the racist thing. And we made the joke about fags getting married. Which, That's also a very highly offensive word. And why am I okay with one which, and not the which other? you said that too. <laughs> but... Once again, I've heard gay people talk about this guy is such a fag. And I think fag has kind of ascended beyond gay people. Like, when you talk about a fag, it doesn't necessarily mean they're gay. It's just someone you don't like. Well, when you're making a joke about should we let fags get married, to me, it's sort of something that shows the evolution of how it goes. A couple of generations, these people were known as fags. It was a horrible, derogatory thing. And now we're talking about them getting married. So it's like just yesterday they were getting bashed and all these horrible things were happening. now we're talking about equal marriage and it's the speed of that so it's like letting the Mm. fags get married Mm. it's like just before how we've looked at them have Mm. completely changed the people who used to like sentence them to death are still alive and we're talking about that that must blow like really old people's minds more so than any other generation I think that's what we've done with this political correctness and getting there like just what gay people can get married Mm. how does that even work little known fact that my mother taught me and I should just point out she's a redneck I come from a farm it's a little different but she taught me that being gay was illegal in this country. It's illegal across the whole Commonwealth for a long time. But only being male gay was illegal. Lesbians, fine. And this is because when they had to explain it to Queen Victoria, that's how far back it goes, no one was able to explain to her what lesbians did. So it's legal. Whereas they could explain what gay men do. So that's illegal. (laughs) In other words, there was a bunch of guys going, some guys have sex with other men. What? How do they do that? Oh, well, they, you know, insert all the things that gay, gay men do. Oh, and then there's women who have sex with women. What do they do? We don't really know. Because that was before the female orgasm was recognized as a thing. Like, they don't even orgasm. Who cares? No, that, that's our business, not theirs. They just want to have children. It's a totally different world. That's not pleasurable for them. I couldn't imagine that being pleasurable to me. And you know what? In most cases, they were right. That wasn't pleasurable for women. <laughs> not the way they did it. Have you heard of safe spaces? I understand the concept, but this seems like a much more official thing. Yeah, well, this is a, apparently a vehicle that's a safe space. You know, if I saw a vehicle which said, hey, this is a safe space to get into, I wouldn't get into it. I wouldn't feel safe. I think they put up a perimeter. What is it's that? basically a, a safe space team. So they'll show up to your college campus or something. They'll set up a perimeter. And in there, you're not allowed to talk about anything controversial. What it's happen- a safe space where you can't get triggered. I put it to you. What happens if you do? Well, then you ask to leave the safe space. Well, that's not very safe. Well, no, not for... Shouldn't a safe space be a place you can say and do whatever you want? I'm not allowed Only to... for the woke, though. Hey, I heard that only yesterday. No, no, no. I heard that this morning. What's a woke? Woke is when you see the world how it is. You see through, like, all the prejudice. You just see everyone's equal to you. 
<laughs> it's just the people who understand all this stuff. Basically, anyone who tells you off for these little microaggressions. Ah. So pretty much it's anyone who's just like so self-righteous, their head's up their ass. Anyone who's corrected you with anything and said that that means that you're homophobic or racist or whatever. Or like when the sexist is. Like if uh, the post comes and you're like, oh, the mailman's here. Male person. But no, it's actually a dude. But no, we shouldn't insist that only that job can be done. All right. Yeah, I know those people. We have taken some political correctness way too far though. It's a way to actually dominate another person. People are different. Like we're all equal, but we are different too. You're a different person to me. That's a fact. But to say, hey, we're different, that's not okay. Some people can take this logic and push it further. And it's just a way of just bullying people. That was a big thing when I was younger, bullying. And they describe bullying as when a person or persons makes any other person or persons feel uncomfortable. So you're sitting there and some guy comes up and calls you like a wiener. He's bullying you. But doesn't that also mean when you go dob on him to the teacher and the teacher punishes him, that would make him feel uncomfortable. So by dobbing, you're bullying him. I thought we were trying to get rid of bullying. Doesn't that just multiply the problem? If a person makes me feel uncomfortable, they need to stop. Well, that person's making me feel uncomfortable by being Asian. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just stop it stop it look I see all of you there's like two three billion of you and I want you to just stop it alright just cut it out all of you <laughs> You do feel uncomfortable in life and you have to expect that. If you're on a train carriage, there's some dipshit on his phone speaking loudly, being noisy. There's someone talking loudly with their friends. They're annoying. Like you have to put up with them. You're in public. You have to put up with the public. If you want a safe space, your house is a safe space. Just stay there. You don't have to invite anyone around who disagrees with you. And this is why I guess they said we're sheltered and that these things pop up. Whereas eventually in life, you're going to have to deal with it at school because of the bullying thing. All it really meant was that those little wiener kids that dob on everything or just make shit up and tell the teacher they're the bullies now. Mm. But then they're gonna go out into the workforce and someone's gonna pick on them like they deserve mm. <laughs> and they're gonna run straight to the boss and go, he said this about me. Grow a pair, because you work for a baby boomer. Grow a pair. God my day, people said way worse things to me. If you got a fight, take it outside. Have a punch up. And yet, <laughs> they're not gonna be able to deal with that. There's no life skills because they've been sheltered. So have you ever heard the older generation talk about hazing the new apprentice. It sounds horrible and I'm so glad they don't do that anymore. I know, right? I don't want to spend my first day locked in a box. Like, we locked him in the tool chest for the entire day. I'm like, eight hours he was locked, locked in, in there. there. I think I'd go a little nuts. Yeah, it was out in the sun too. It was really hot. I oh, passed out and everything. It was hysterical. <laughs> we had to take him to hospital. <laughs> oh, those were days. Ah, oh, but they wouldn't let you get away with it these days. Yes. <laughs> it's like, of course not. They always do some, like, horrible borderline gay stuff because they're prejudiced against gay people. So, you know, we shoved something up his butt and we shaved his head. Painted him white and just left him out in the flagpole. We chained him to a flagpole in the middle of nowhere and just drove away. It was hilarious. But that's what they did to me on my first day. And that's it. And I think Generation X is about where it happened where they took it from these people because they had to, but then they were told, no, you're not allowed to do that to anyone else. It's like, hey, hey, what what about me? I want to be an asshole too. Millennials come into this workplace and it's like, look, we got to make sure everyone's aware of our harassment legislation, the way we want workplace health and safety looked after because we don't want to be sued like everyone has as a result of it because that's what makes everything move, money. If anything, it's like, well, you know, you can haze me a little bit. I'm cool with a little bit of, like, you know, not the up the ass locked in the toolbox thing, but move my chair, I guess. <laughs> right? If you hit my chair, that's fine. That's fine. Like, yeah, there's level. That's all we're complaining about. I'd be like,
like, oh, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I am the new guy. You got me. Because I work with like accountants and stuff. Like they do something like that and they would laugh about that for weeks. Mm-hmm. Like, remember the time we took Garth's chair? <laughs> <laughs> you should have seen your face. <laughs> he was all like, oh, where's my chair? Uh. <laughs> I think that's what it comes down to with all this stuff, though. It's There's levels. Yes, men and women should be treated equally and all that sort of stuff. But there is stuff guys like to do and there is stuff girls like to do. But if you take it to that level where you're just beating down the other gender, that's clearly wrong. As long as you're not being rude, that's okay. There's a tolerable level. Like um, the, the whole hitting your kids thing. Like I got hit as a kid. Did you get hit as a kid? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I worked out fine. I mean, I don't ever want to have kids, but that's probably unrelated. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, you think you turned out okay because you were hit as a kid, but you want to hit kids so that's not okay <laughs> yeah. I've heard that too yes and it's like oh yeah, that, that's fair enough but there's two sides to this your kids need to know there's borders and boundaries and they need to be punished otherwise you, know, you see these like 10 year old kids who just walk out in traffic without looking because they don't realise there's consequences physical consequences to actions but then there's kids who like got abused as kids they got the crap kicked out of them and that's not cool and when I've noticed this whenever argument of hit your kids don't hit your kids comes up there'll be someone going oh I got hit by a, when I was a kid and I was fine helped me you know turn me into a man and there's always the one other person like no I was put in hospital by my father like you know like some really horrible shit and you sort of go okay I can see why you're against all hitting kids but no it's the level like a little smack that's you know maybe that's okay right but knocking him out that's clearly not cool I reckon with kids everything you do it's 50-50 where it's going to have a positive effect or a negative effect you take if somebody's father is a horrible alcoholic yes one of two things will happen that kid will grow up to be a raging alcoholic just like his father or he will never touch a drop exactly there usually isn't anyone who falls in between those points you can't even tell if being an alcoholic will make your kid a better or worse person because it could go either way I agree with this it's everyone is either a reoccurrence or a reaction to their parents you either look at them and go okay that's how life works or you look at them and go no thank you <laughs> that's why I'm off the farm <laughs> I'm never going to work on a farm ever again nothing against it just not for me because when you grow up if you were hit as a kid you either look at it one or two ways you either look at it as it was good for me it made me who I was or you say that was fucked up that they did it that's the cause of all my problems and so you don't know that's where the whole do you hit kids or not hit kids it's like don't know 50-50 I suppose what it comes down to though is if I was a rancid little shit of a kid Mm. and I do bad things all the time and I did need to be kept in line and you know you get hit you go well I got away with all this other stuff so I'm still ahead makes you keep your mind on your business you don't get too outlandish if anything it makes you stealthier you understand the boundaries and how to weave around them and in them or you're a kid who wasn't bad doing anything wrong and getting hit and to them that's like how could you hit a kid no I deserve to be hit because of everything I did <laughs> it taught me that I probably shouldn't be so outlandish with it but you were a good kid you didn't deserve that so should you hit your kids or not well it depends did they do anything <laughs> I think if you do hit your kids you shouldn't enjoy it if you're enjoying it then you need to stop that never smile when you hit your kid that's yes I, that's a good rule to live by if you come here <laughs> get the camera because it doesn't matter what it's going to do to them at that stage it's like what's happening to you <laughs> why is he... <laughs> he's got a special outfit for it oh they have little pages for microaggression oh this will be fun oh we could do a whole episode on microaggressions i would say so many racial slurs <laughs> Oh, sexist and homophobic too. We want to be equal. Oh, yeah, you got to try and offend everyone. We're all about equality and we are going to make sure everyone has a problem with us. <laughs> <laughs> 
Besides race and sexuality and gender, what else can you attack? What, uh, economic status? Yeah. Social... Religious. Religious. Oh, we're going to slam the Catholics. <laughs> <laughs> There's also your weight. You can do fat shame. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I'll go the short and tall shaming as well. And you well. can slut shame as well. Ah, yeah. And you can uh, frigid shame as well. Prude yep. shame. You can shame for anything. Toilet shame. Gotta go to work shame. Don't gotta go to work shame. So much shame. Couch shame. The overall goal for these people, I think, is to make everybody completely shameless. Because that's what our generation was given, that it's okay to ask for help. Don't have shame for anything. I'm a great believer that shame is a gift we were given. If you don't have the gift of shame, you are a rancid human being. When they were told, it's okay to ask for help. No, it's not. You should not ask for help. You should be ashamed to ask for help. Because what do you get? You get a bunch of kids that they don't even think. They just put their hand up. Hey, help me. I don't know what to do. It's okay to ask for help. No, first you should fix the problem. And if you fail, then you should feel bad that you failed and then ask for help. Like, it's not that bad. It's okay. Well, we were told that it's all right so long as you try your best. Yes. And it turns out that sometimes trying your best is not enough. You need to actually do it good. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out that was a big fat lie. Yeah, sometimes you suck. Sometimes even if you try your best and work as hard as you possibly can, you still do it wrong and look like an idiot. It's like the participation award. Like, you all did a great job, but specifically this guy won. But good try. I saw you really in there. So they have Wikipedia page for safe space and trigger warnings. I want to see this. Oh, trauma trigger. Trauma. Okay. Trauma trigger or trigger warnings. I I didn't know this existed. Where does it come up? I haven't actually seen it come up in, like, mainstream movies. It just comes up mostly in reports and documentaries and stuff like that. Oh, okay. So we're about to say... College kids. Oh, yeah, this is like, you know, when they do a... Someone got murdered in a horrible situation, so viewer discretion is advised kind of thing. But they make it specific. That it could trigger you if you watch something. Mm. Which I have noticed, you know, the, the following program is classified M. It contains... Mm. They're getting really more specific. Like, it used to just be violence, swearing, nudity, sex scenes. Which, as a young kid, you go, all right, sex scenes, nudity, all right, I'm there, cool. Or if it doesn't come up, you just save me an hour and a half of fast-forwarding. See, I loved those ratings where they would tell you what's in there because when you're a kid and you're about to go to bed and you're deciding if you're going to stay up and watch the movie you're looking at it going just say nudity just, just say, say nudity, nudity and then I'll stay up otherwise I'm going to bed as soon as it says nudity that's a promise that's not a warning that's a, a promise, promise that you gave you to me. said nudity and then you watch it for an hour and a half and then in the last 10 minutes some guy gets his dick out and you're like ah well what are you going to do right I mean <laughs> What, you're going to not masturbate? That'd be against gay people. Because we were sort of in that end where just before internet porn became a thing, where you would get lingerie catalogs. If you had Foxtel, you could have the adult channel. It would block the channel, but you still had the sound. (laughs) I love that you know this. (laughs) Also, like, Rage would sometimes, the music video thing, would do, like, the adults only. When hip-hop came out, it changed what video clips could be. Because when we were, like, 10, a video clip was, like, Nirvana grunge, where they just show weird stuff and be like well that was cool to watch then hip-hop really took off and it was just butts butts and cleavage every girl was in a bikini and you're like oh my god is this okay shouldn't there be a rating they'd have the early morning ones that would start at like midnight that would show like the ones where they'd have naked girls dancing in the film clips sometimes but usually over the full like four hours worth of music there would be four film clips that have a naked girl in it and you were sitting there waiting for each one to come up wang in hand just like is this no oh uh, no how about oh here we go quick 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 
gotta finish, gotta finish, gotta finish. Oh, and you always finish right as it cuts back to the rapper guy. Like it's always gonna be a close up of him. Ah, like, oh. <laughs> am I gay now? SBS was also a good source. Oh yes, if it was a foreign film. Yeah, but foreigners yeah. put a lot more nudity in their film. I'm of the opinion that they don't. That's just the ones we see. People who have to pick the foreign films are like, well, which ones did you like? <laughs> this one had a great sex scene in it. Let's play that for him. <laughs> but yeah, the warnings now get so specific. It used to just be like, yeah, like I said, violence, nudity, swearing. Now there's like, includes uh, fantastical violence or adult themes or like horror themes, supernatural themes. I saw that. Well, supernatural themes is because a lot of religious people started bitching about, oh, you're teaching kids about witches and stuff. Like Harry Potter was yes. objected by a lot of religious schools and churches. Well, and I it's the it's- same thing. So they just want to be like, look, there's supernatural shit in this. If you're hyper-religious, don't watch it. I'm okay with that being a warning as long as anything about Jesus also has the supernatural warning. <laughs> Because isn't it? Is he not supernatural? Well, it's either he's supernatural or natural. So, supernatural. He had powers. He was magic, wasn't he? Yeah, he did a lot of magical things. That's why it's a religion, right? His mum didn't even have sex. I mean, my God. I mean, I wouldn't call that good magic. Uh, I know lots of guys who claim that their mother never had sex. It's like, my mother's a saint. Never do that. Never did that. It's like, you're here. Don't want to hear it. No. no, (laughs) She was a virgin. Immaculate conception. That makes me the son of God. You know, that does explain a lot of people's attitudes about themselves. Imagine growing up and then you find out that you were immaculate conceived and your mother had never actually had sex in her entire life be kind of okay with that that is the preferable option isn't it I suppose that's why Jesus was so calm his whole life like they're like wow this guy's really cool and he's okay and in tune yeah because he knows his mum never had sex he never had that image be put into his head like <laughs> no my mother never did no turns out it makes you really zen <laughs> Economic prospects. Let me save you time. None. (laughs) (laughs) But we all want to get really rich. We were the generation that, I just want to be famous. What are you going to do? I want to be famous. I'll be on YouTube. What are you going to do to be famous? No, I'm going to be famous. I told you, YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) It's a format. It's a thing. And you just YouTube and then you're famous. You get millions of viewers and then they give you money. And I remember older people just appalled at that. Like, they just want to be famous. They don't have any talent. But then you look at the people who did get famous, PewDiePie, and yeah, they don't do anything and they are famous so what the hell are you guys talking about I have a friend of mine who's got kids and kids are just getting into YouTube at the moment and he's looking at some of these really dumb basic kids shows that people have just filmed and put online that they've just made themselves and they've got like tens of millions of views really? like kids shows dwarf anything that's designed at adults because the kids just watch it over, over and, and over, over and over and, and there's w- millions of kids everywhere and as soon as a parent knows something's safe for the kid the wiggles and high five those videos, those DVDs, those whatever the hell they play after DVDs, they get used and abused. The parents just chuck it on so they can get half an hour to themselves. I remember that. I used to go to the video store and rent the same movie every week. It was Bruce Lee, but that explains a lot about me. Whereas that's a bit more acceptable to have the Wiggles, I think, now for kids. For the longest time, the Wiggles were the highest grossing Australian band. I think they still are. They were taken over by ACDC, but only because ACDC let out tribute bands. They let franchise go out of that it's not because they sold more albums it's because there are a bunch of people who are like yeah I'll wear the Angus hat go to parties and perform mm-hmm. but yeah Wiggles and every year they do the same thing they don't even have to come up with new shit every year another generation comes through another year of new kids here's the Wiggles and all the kids will grow out of it but there's just as many if not more coming through year after year it's genius 
we're sort of working on some stuff that we want to put out soon. But the idea is, is if we ditched all of that, made some finger puppets and sung some nursery rhymes, we would probably get a zillion more views. And also, if we were to produce music, if we just went Christian, way higher chance of success. If we did a Jesus song, we would probably make millions of dollars off it. Until they did any digging through <laughs> us. Yeah, there's a very thin layer they If have we became through. Christian rockers, we would have to get all the episodes of the podcast taken off the internet and probably go around and assassinate every person who listened to an episode ever. And so that's you. That's you guys. <laughs> if you hear that we've put out a Christian album, lock your doors because we're coming <laughs> for you. We can't have you ruining our career by telling them things we've said. <laughs> we may pay you off depending on how well we do. Look, this is your shut up money. <laughs> there is so far like hours and hours that we're talking on this podcast and I do wonder, have we said anything so far that might come back to haunt us one day? Because we feel invincible at this point because no one's really said shit. <laughs> it's one of, well, it depends. If we get really big and famous, like Steven Spielberg famous, I'm sure everything we've said will come back to bite us in the ass. But by then we're so famous that it doesn't matter. <laughs> Once I've made my money, I don't have to give it back. There's a title here, Peter Pan Generation. They're saying that millennials are the Peter Pan generation. Wasn't that invented about the baby boomers? Because they're all about, they never grew up. They just wanted to play with their toys and be kids their whole lives and they just act like misogynistic assholes. I do know a lot of people these days who have old video games and toys and stuff. I mean, I'm one of them. And me too. I bought everything that I wasn't allowed to get as a kid. We both have extensive Nerf collections. If you've ever seen the uh, the Will Ferrell movie Step Brothers, he's showing them like night vision goggles and swords. He's like, could you imagine if we had this when we were kids? Even better. We got them when we're 40. <laughs> That's how I feel. I'm old enough to really appreciate my Nerf guns and yeah. get a kick-ass collection. <laughs> Back then, what would I have done as a kid? Can't go ransack your house <laughs> for that. I get in trouble. Because we have a tendency to delay some rites of passage. There are people more these days who don't get their license till later. They yeah. live with their parents for ages. I think the license thing is, is have you seen what it's like these days to get a license? you got to keep a diary or something yeah. like that. Literally that came in, I think the year or two after me. I just got my license because, you know, they just give it to you when you're my age. <laughs> you want to drive? Here's a license. Boom. Done. Photo. Yeah, I never had to wear pee plates. Yeah, me either. Oh, you have to get your hours up? Like, you're not trying to be a pilot. It's not a pilot's license. It's driving. Just get in there and go. What's your problem? Because I got my learners and then six months later I could take the test. Yeah. yeah and that's yeah. all I cared. Could I take the test? They didn't care if I'd even driven in a car since I'd gotten my no learners. No questions. So long as I could get in that car and drive, they were fine. If you know A, B, D, B, A, A, you can get a permit to be driving with assistance. And then six months later, you're legally allowed to get in a car with someone who's paid by the government to sit in the passenger seat and do whatever the hell you're going to do. But I don't know why people live at home for longer. I can answer that one. And once again, baby boomers fault. Spoiler alert. It's because do you know how much houses cost? It's unlivable. It's really hard for a Gen Y person who's got a full-time job, who's straight out of school, gets whatever they get paid minimum wage. You can't go rent or buy a house. The prices are ridiculous. I saw an ad just the other day. You can't choose your best friend, but you can own your first house with them. This is where they're at now. Okay, you guys can't afford houses. Well, just mates, get together. Between the two of you, you can afford what someone from 40 years ago could. So should you and I buy the wiki review house? I really don't think I'd be comfortable <laughs> investing in that with you. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be awkward considering we only talk for like an hour and a half every two weeks. <laughs> well, that'd be nice. I mean, I've lived with many different people and knowing that I don't have to talk to them, like I've always dreamed of, you know, like you see some people, they have different time schedules, so they're never in the house at the same time. That'd be the best roommate ever. I leave, they come home, they leave, I come home. Essentially, you're using the exact same space, but never at the same time. It's just this mix.
myth. As long as they keep paying rent, who cares? I always thought the best roommate would be an airline pilot. They're always gone. It's literally just a storage unit for them. But yeah, what age were you when you moved out of home? 24. 25, 24? You? I was actually 19. Oh. But I went over... Rock on. I moved over to London for a year. That's even better. Shannon and I went over to London for a year. And then you kind of have to move out of home because there's no relatives there. And then when I got back, it was just instinct to move back in with my parents. But after having that taste of freedom for a year, it was so hard. I couldn't do it. It was living in a house under someone else's rules. I'm like, no, I don't like this. (laughs) The first time I moved out was because it was with a girlfriend. It does make it a lot easier to move out of home when you have a, a woman that you want to have sex with on a regular basis and I got very used to walking around in my underwear very quickly no one should ever come to my house uninvited because <laughs> I will be in my underwear and the only reason I'm wearing underwear is because I don't want to like stay in the couch <laughs> after I broke up with her I straight away moved back home because well, well, I can't stay with her and then you're just like well how soon can I get out of here I need another girlfriend yeah I, I need to find a woman I love you mom <laughs> but no when we can't live under the same house this is horrible <laughs> like actually I love you more when I'm living in a different house. If you want this to be a good relationship, I need to get the hell away from it. So they keep saying rite of passage in this. What's a rite of passage that we're delaying? What, moving out of home? Yeah, that's a rite of passage. So it says, this guy here, what's his name? Well, he's a professor at Brigham Young University, which I don't know if you know what that is, but that's a Mormon university. Really? Brigham Young, yeah, he's... He was ah. Joseph Smith's right-hand man. Yeah. So this is what the Mormons think about millennials. So I wouldn't take it too seriously. Yeah, this is a very specific view. <laughs> They're the people who think that you get your own planet when you die. Trigger warning for anyone. There might be some microaggressions coming up. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone's offended by a Mormon view, here we go. Wait, saying- Do you reckon we would get away with a Mormon episode? Um... Uh- they're the religion that I'm alright with offending because they're so friendly you're never going to get attacked by a Mormon. But that's like, you know, I, I'm okay punching babies because what are they going to do about it? I, but I think the hate mail that you would get from Mormons would just be so friendly. Hello, dear sir. I happen to have listened to your lovely podcast. I'm very proud of you for putting in the initiative to put it out. I did have one comment I wish to make. Would it be okay if you didn't refer to my religion as absolute wank? <laughs> <laughs> It's not so much that I have a problem with you having a different of opinion. It's more the vulgarity. I enjoy your podcast. Just keep that in mind if you feel like that's a change you're willing to make. All the best in future endeavors, <laughs> some Mormon. You know what? If anyone asked me that politely, I probably would stop making fun of their religion. <laughs> it's just they... like, you're so friendly. Why not? And that's my point. Mormons, they're so nice. There are so many asshole religious people out there. Okay, yes, when you hear the story about it, it does sound a little crazy, but I'll put it to you. It's no more crazy than any other religious story I've ever heard. And you can't argue with results. They're really nice people. I had when I was living in Wollongabba, which is around the corner from the Mormon temple. And there was two, I think they were like Islander dudes who were from the church. They said, oh, what are you guys doing? Oh, we're moving. Oh, yeah, we can help you move. They offered to help. Like, we'll bring our friends. We got some trucks. We'll help you move house. I have good friends who wouldn't help me. I had just this last week, some people knocked on my door and said that they were volunteers from a church and asked if I had any gardening that they wanted them to do. Oh, that's tempting, isn't it? I was homesick on that day, so I was very, like, disorientated and confused, and I've never had anyone knock on the door to ask if Ike wants something. I know. Usually they ask for stuff, and these are people who aren't young either. Like, they look like they're in their 70s to 80s. They like gardening, and they've got nothing better to do. Like, why not? That's a really lovely thing. But aren't you just, like, straight away, all right, what's the scam? I declined because I was just like, look, I'm too tired to figure out what the scam is here, so I'm going... (laughs) 
I don't know what your angle is, but I'm not in the right state of mind to take advantage of you. Because <laughs> they might sit there and do the gardening, but then they'll come in and talk to me for an hour and a half about Jesus. And I'll be like, you know, the gardening would have taken me 40 minutes. Exactly. <laughs> I'm able-bodied enough. I mean, if they come back, I'll, I'll let them do the gardening and I'll let everyone know how it panned out. Yeah, yeah, please do. Yeah, God weeded for me. Because then we can pass their card around. I've got some things that need to doing. I actually, I was listening to the previous podcast, The Misconception of Misconception. And we said in there about milk with phlegm, how yeah. milk builds up mucus. And I said, yeah, well, next time I have a cold or something like that, I'll have ah, a milkshake. Yes, you've since had and, a cold. And I've since had a cold directly after that. I was actually listening to that episode and I heard that come out and I'm like, huh, I'll go get some milk then. How did that work out? Tell me. Turned out fine. And it's one of those weird things that I was thinking, like, I swore before when I did it, it would feel like it built up. But just being told that it was a misconception made it feel fine. Now, which side of this is the placebo effect? Or are they both <laughs> placebo effects? Maybe milk does help, maybe milk doesn't. Or maybe it only affects you if you think it affects you. And if you don't think it affects you, it can't affect you. I wonder if there are diseases that we don't catch just because we don't know they exist. As soon as you're told it exists, you, you catch it. it. It's kind of like Freddy Krueger. He can only attack you if you believe in him. I think the Stephen King it works the same way. That's why they only attack children in the movies. Because it's only kids that believe in them. So in religion, it says that millennials are least likely to be religious. Though it says down the bottom here that only 3% identify as atheists, 4% identify as agnostic, 25% as none. Atheism is a religion as far as I'm concerned. That's a belief. Where I fall into the category of, I don't know. How can you say you know? Is there a God? Is there not a God? What kind of God is there? You don't know. No one can prove it either way. So being open to the fact that you don't know is quite a great progression in humanity of, well, there might be. I don't know. I feel the same way about unicorns and spiders. Spider-Man. <laughs> you can't prove there's no Spider-Man. It's true. Well, New York doesn't have that many giant webs. Oh, well, Spider-Man could just tidy up these webs. That's a good point. Spider-Man no, works in mysterious ways. He does. With great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's from the Old Testament. <laughs> you got to be comfortable with not knowing if there's an afterlife or not. That's just common sense. And that's how I feel about it. I'm sure everyone has their own opinion. I figure no matter who you are or what your religious belief is, usually you don't believe in more gods than you do believe in. I, so even if you're like a Christian who's like, I love me Jesus and God there's still like hundreds of gods that people claim exist that you go like oh but those are all crap if you're an atheist that's better than being in the wrong religion when you look at specifically Christianity about five of the ten commandments are don't worship anyone else but me and that's half of them and like you know yes being like gay is considered a sin according to Leviticus whatever but in that same verse that says don't have sex with guys it also says don't have sex with girls on their period and I mean we've all whoops right <laughs> oh I didn't realize does that mean I'm going to hell just as much as a gay person but the ten commandments that's the top of the list they're the most important ones so if you say I don't believe in a god you're in a better stead than worshipping the wrong god though I also think that whole pedophile scandal probably hurt religion quite a fair bit yeah because the stereotype of priests have dramatically changed because when I was a kid a priest was this person who was irrefutable they never did anything wrong even if you didn't believe in god you thought that a priest is someone who is highly moral and now the stereotype of a priest is that they're out of touch they possibly did something with kids and they're very homophobic. And they seem to speak out about weird things like condoms. It's just like, shut up about condoms. Just talk about something else. It's none of your business. Look, we agree they decrease the pleasure. (laughs) So yeah, religion. None. I think that's the answer to everything millennial. Oh, not the next one. Digital technology. All. Most people are using digital technology to listen to this now. Which means you know you're a millennial if you figured out how to download this podcast without having to ask someone. Well, that's not me. (laughs) Thank you for your assistance, Ben. But I do respect the few analog technologies 
technology users we've got. <laughs> well, we were kids when computers came out. We had the shitty little Apple computers. Yeah. had like weird little games on it. Commodore 64, man. Right on. And DOS. Yes. <laughs> and then they started introducing Windows and you had Windows 95 and then everything changed. Remember when Apple was a stupid idea? It was a cool thing and then it was a nothing and now it's everything. There was a joke in The Simpsons where they go yes. to Lollapalooza where Homer says like, you know, it was sponsored by that guy from Apple Computers. It's like, what, what computers? computers? <laughs> now Apple is the most yeah, that was famous it. brand on the planet. That joke is put into a very specific period of time. Yeah. Apple was a very famous and then it was really unknown and now it's everywhere. And Apple even back then was not a thing like it is today. Yeah, it's a completely different product. Back when we were kids, it was Bill Gates all the way. And now it's like, do you remember this retro thing called IBM? In their survey, they found that 97% of students owned a computer. Yeah, well, how else are they going to do their assignments? 94% owned a mobile phone and 56 owned an MP3 player. Which, when was this survey taken then? These days, if you have a mobile phone, then you have a computer and an MP3 player. It's the same thing. All of these are now one device and 100% of people have them. When I was at school, mobile phone didn't really have them, only like very specific kids. Like the danger phone. My mom doesn't want me to not have a phone in case I get kidnapped. I think the first time I remember phones starting to take wind was the Nokia 3310. Rock on, yeah. Or 30, yeah, it was something like that. Do you know Everyone my- had it because it was a really cheap phone. We all had the charges for it. Prepaid came out and it was pretty cheap. I still have those charges everywhere because you just mound up 10 of them. Easy. Because when mobile phones first came out, if you bought $30 worth of credit, you got $30 worth of credit. But then they started the thing where it's like, if you buy $30 worth of credit, we'll give you like $600 worth of credit. They never made phone calls cheaper. They just made what your credit is worth more. <laughs> you pay $60 and they give you like $1,000 worth of calls and you're like, don't I get $60 worth of calls? Like, no, you get a thousand. It's like, no, you've just made calls cheaper. <laughs> when I had to switch over to the iPhone because my Nokia was no longer working because they stopped using 2G or whatever. You were using that way longer than you should have. Yeah, I know. We all know that. But when I got the new plan, it was like, oh, by the way, phone calls and texts are free now. It's just your data. Like, Wait, what? You're shitting me. So you're saying the one function I'm going to use this for is not even considered in the, in the <laughs> plan. You don't even think that this is worth anything anymore. <laughs> just chuck that in for free who even uses the phone and the texting anymore probably not with our generation but the generation after us if you ask the simple question what is a phone for how would they answer it because most of us would go well to make calls us we might go well to make calls and then throw in other stuff and sometimes there's texting and people can use it as a computer but the baby boomers would probably just say to make calls Calls. (laughs) a kid might not actually bring up to call somebody because i don't know many people who are teenagers these days who actually phone anyone yeah text. Yep, and they and usually they... do it through the messenger or something, so it's not even Ooh. texting anymore, it's like through Facebook or something. You ask a young kid these days, what's a phone for? Google. <laughs> apps. Remember when they were called programs? Yeah, I don't know why they changed that. Why did they have to change that one? Because it's trendier. Uh, It's trending, is it? It's marketing. I don't understand these kids these days. These Gen Zs. All so useless. Yeah, they're the generation we can complain about. We need to start on it because, I mean, Generation Y, we're like, we're getting into our mid-30s. So what's the cultural identity? We're more civic-minded. In other words, we're less economic-minded. Yeah, this has just been repeating legalizing marijuana and same-sex marriage over and over again. I understand like the hippie generation. That that was a small portion of the generation that were hippies and were like, yeah, man, free love, legalized drugs. <laughs> we're getting the exact same thing. The day I can get stoned at a gay wedding. <laughs> we know we've got what we want. We did it, millennials. <laughs> we made it. 
We made a difference. I'm stoned off my balls and there's two guys kissing. What else could you ask for in life? All power to you. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Down with microaggressions. When the whole world will be our safe space. Yeah. No one will need to feel bad about anything ever again. You won't be shamed. When there's no shame anymore and people with really gross bodies can walk around naked or scantily clad and not be judged by anyone and feel just as accepted as someone who could actually pull that look off. When nothing is considered good or bad ever again, they're just different life choices. When kids were told growing up, oh, you can be whatever you want to be when you grow up. They've really taken that literally, haven't they? You can be a man, a woman, gay, straight, successful, even if you're a complete failure. It was something that I found. It was a poem. A poem, okay. Yeah, about kids today. The children now love luxury. They have bad manners, contempt for authority. They show disrespect for elders and love to chatter in places of exercise. Children are now tyrants, not servants of their household. They no longer rise when elders enter the room. They contradict their parents and chatter before company, gobbling up delicacies at the dinner table, cross their legs and tyrannize their teachers. And that's basically a summary of pretty much everything that gets said about people from today. This was written in like 400 BC. I thought so. This was Socrates. It hasn't changed. Every time a generation happens, they pretend that the generation before them is Mm. this bad, disrespectful generation and they are awesome. This is the age battle. When you're young, you are rebellious in the eyes of the elders. And in the eyes of the young person, the older people are tyrants. They're oppressing me. Oh, they're not respecting me. That's what old and young does forever. You will always think that people younger than you are not as knowledgeable as you are, but the people who are older than you are out of touch. So only you really know what's happening. Every generation believes they know everything. And that doesn't change. This is people. So speaking of what people think, what do you think of the page? (laughs) Top marks for segues. Yeah, Um, not if you mention it though. (laughs) Well, it kind of ruins the actual segue. I didn't smoothly transition. I thought this was an okay page. I'm going to rate it a baby boomer out of a possible Garth Remington. It's the millennials. It's Gen Me. There's not a single photo of me on this page and that just pisses me right off. If this generation is actually all about me, why is this page not about me? I've done things. They're not worthy of like an award. Well, more than participation, but I've done stuff. Why is not everyone bowing down and kissing my ass? This page is an abomination to humanity. I feel like it's a microaggression against me. All it does is really repeat over and over again same-sex marriage, legalize weed. Same-sex marriage, legalize weed. Which, we get it. That's what I think of this one. Baby boomer. What did you think, Ben? Well, I'll do my rating out of when it starts for the millennials. So, 1977 or 80 or 84 or 94. I don't know. Somewhere in there. Somewhere. It's, it's somewhere, out of one of those. Somewhere towards the like end. Like the millennials, I don't know exactly what I'm rating it out of. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably want to give it an 800. Although I liked how we handled it and it's been a fun episode. I think that this just says a lot of bullshit about millennials. It's basically a list of stereotypes. And you look at it where even things that they complain about millennials with, we complain about the same thing. Like yes. the safe space and say, well, millennials are easily triggered. There are a lot of millennials who think that that is bullshit. Political correctness, most of us just go like, yeah. It's just the stupid ones that are the loudest and yes. they create the stereotypes. <laughs> That's fair enough. I think you play 
placed at about the same area as me. Not enough about us. A whole bunch of stereotypes about what age is. And watch and see what happens to the stereotype of Gen Y when we're 60. <laughs> Do you think this is all going to stand up when we're 60? I think it's going to be Gen Y. They're a bit more conservative. Yeah, I reckon this will change where very soon it will just say Gen Z instead of millennials. But the page will be exactly the same. same. <laughs> <laughs> you just move the pages back one. <laughs> Everyone gets their page moved back one and we'll pretend like it's a new thing and say, this is different though. I'm of the opinion, anytime you say the phrase, no, but this is different, you're wrong. <laughs> Every time. It's not different, you're an idiot. No, but you need to understand. No, 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 no. You need to understand. <laughs> All right, we'll wrap it up there. That's been enough for this episode. I've been Ben Graw. I've been Garth Remington. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Enjoy listening to us on your iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> Damn millennials. Ah, these kids today. 40-year-old kids. <laughs> Email us at wikireviewpodcasts at gmail.com. Theme is I Live for the Bass Drum, provided by our buddy DJ Searle. All other music by Matt Graw.